Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Vittles and Vitals podcast, where we talk about important stuff and how that stuff connects to food, because everything connects to food. I'm Jay Reed. I'm the father. And I'm Jacob Reed. I'm the son, and we're your hosts. So today we are talking about the next holiday, as we have done with several other holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as this drops, Easter will be coming in the next few days. And yeah. so we're going to chat a little bit about Easter. So what about the history of Easter? Well, Easter has a pretty interesting history. I mean, the history that we all know today is, you know, we celebrate the Passion Week, which as of this recording started today. And then going into that, um, you have all the, the parts of the cross, Good Friday, and then Easter Sunday was when Jesus rises again from the dead, which both of you and I believe. But as with most Christian holidays, Easter started out as most likely a pagan holiday. Well, there you go. So, um, looking at it, so the venerable equinox, which is the point of the year, which is there is equal parts of light and dark, mm-hmm. um, usually happens about March 20th from my research. Is that the same thing as the spring equinox? Uh, I think there might be a connection. Okay. Um, <laughs> but basically, this is the, the start of spring. And this is the kind of the festival that people think Easter kind of was based upon because Easter, celebration of new life of Jesus. Right. The vernal, vernal equinox, celebration of new life. You know, spring is here, uh-huh. trees and stuff like that. So it just kind of makes sense why they would combine those two together because we're not 100% sure in timelines and stuff exactly when Jesus, is, Jesus died, exactly what month, what year, and stuff like that. Right. There's kind of some thoughts that maybe deals with like – the Passover and stuff, which is celebrated about this time as well. Right, right. So that's kind of w- another reason why. It's yeah. Well, the Last Supper was essentially a Passover mm-hmm. meal, and then the all the other events of Passion Week happened shortly after that, as mm-hmm. I understand it. So I think it's reasonable to assume that, yeah, some that Passover is connected, and we'll see that later when we talk about food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the name Easter has a really fun um, beginning because it's based off a pre-Christian pagan goddess named Istre. Yeah, uh, that that could be right. Yeah, I have no idea. That was O S T R E was yeah. one way I saw it. You can spelled. also spell it with an A. Right. So um, there is not really a lot about her. Pretty much one bunk back in like the seventh century wrote about it and basically saying like this is where the name came from. We all know it's a Christian holiday. We celebrate it as a Christian holiday, but you know this is where the name came from. Right. And I think it's important to note that. You know, we've talked about this before, and everybody has kind of seen with other holidays, even Christmas, how, you know, people think it started out maybe as a pagan holiday that was then transformed or Christianized. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it's important to note that I don't know anywhere in the world that still celebrates whatever pagan holiday it was, uh, but Easter is celebrated everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though, and it's kind of like Christmas in the sense that you may not uh, necessarily believe the basis of the holiday. But that doesn't mean you're not going to buy a Reese's egg or mm-hmm. take the day off. Yeah. So there's it's, it's that kind of thing where Easter has endured, where whatever pagan holiday it was named after mm-hmm. has not. Yeah. So um, that holiday was celebrated throughout the centuries, stuff like that. Um, but it kind of had a bouncing around of what day it would be until the Council of Nicaea, which we have already oh, really? talked about. 
Okay. Um, because last time we talked about it was when we were talking about Saint Nick and he slapped the heretic. Um, but that a lot of things came out of that, including the um, status of Christ, which he was fully divine, fully hu- fully divine and fully human. But also they decided that Easter should be fixed on a Sunday, and now it is traditionally everybody celebrates Easter on the first Sunday after the first full moon of the Veneral Equinox, which is right. typically close to Passover, which is celebrated on the first full moon after the Veneral Equinox. So I got you. Okay. So Passover got... and Easter are really, really close. Right. So you have the our Easter. Uh, we are Protestants. Uh, but there is the Orthodox Easter as well. I think we follow the Gregorian calendar. Something like that. And the Orthodox. And I, I didn't even realize this till we lived overseas. And we had friends who were from Ethiopia. And there's a lot. I mean, mo- a lot of the of the church there is Orthodox. And so we would have our Easter. And then our Ethiopian friends would have it a week later or two weeks mm-hmm. later. Uh, so Orthodox Easter falls under the Julian calendar. And I didn't really look to see how they figured it out. But. It can be it can be on a different day. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Um, then you know it wasn't really super popular with Protestants at first. It was more of a Catholic holiday. Easter was until mm. about the 19th century, when um, you know, as most American holidays kind of be- became, it was more of a push to become more of a family time activity. Because okay. like in the 17th, 18th century, children were not really seen as important. They were just kind of or seen and not heard. <laughs> yeah, they were seen and not heard. But then, you know, kind of 17th, 18th century, this trend started making, they called it the rediscovery of childhood. And like, huh. you know, kids should be celebrated and being a kid should be fun. It shouldn't be a lower status of life. And Easter was a really cool time because, you know, celebrating new life, there's little new life running around right there. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, there's some of the other things that I ran across that uh, were interesting um, some of the traditions that we have now. And, and it, you have all these questions about, you know, what in the heck does a bunny have to do with Easter? Where the eggs come from? And I did read one thing where you would find this interesting, that Easter egg hunts actually started around the time of Martin Luther in the mm-hmm. Reformation. Uh, and supposedly the, the joy of finding an egg was like the joy that the ladies who discovered the empty tomb found when they discovered the tomb was empty. So I think that's kind of a, an interesting parallel. I think that's definitely kind of a thing where that was kind of slapped on afterwards because in my research that there was a German tradition of an Easter hare that ran around giving eggs. Well, and actually I read a similar story about a poor woman who really loved children and she would color the eggs, put brightly colored eggs in her garden for the children to find. And at one point the children were there looking for the eggs and they saw a bunny hop by and they just kind of assumed, hey, this bunny left the eggs, mm-hmm. and it kind of built up from yeah. there. Istre's uh, pagan symbol was also a hare really? or a rabbit, so there's some connection with that. A lot of um, connection. But I did find out that um, decorated eggs have been part of Easter celebrations since before the medieval times. Actually, I read that coloring eggs, the tradition of dyeing eggs, came even before Christ. So there was a tradition of, of egg dyeing and coloring even before that. I don't know why they did it, but it was eventually incorporated into it. And then the, even the colors represented. Uh, now, I, I've, now, I've never seen these colors, but somebody, I read one where it says yellow represented the resurrection, 
blue represented love and red represented the blood of Christ. So they would either be colored like that or there might be scenes painted on them, which I, seems like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the kids would find the egg and bring back the, the egg and tell the story that the scene mm-hmm. on the egg. I think I have heard about that, but you can definitely see that eggs kind of historically are a real thing because, like, I don't know what – is it Ocean's 11 – the Ocean's 12, one of the Ocean's movies, they tried to steal like this ancient Russian egg. Like a Fabergé egg. Yeah, like a Fabergé egg. So I don't know if those have any connection to history. That's a good question. Or to Easter. But I wouldn't be surprised because, I mean, why else are you making eggs? Yeah. Because I don't really think that's a really Russian well, thing Well, of course, do. the baseline thing of the eggs is, I mean, Easter or Eostra was the goddess or whatever of fertility. And so egg is a representative of that. Bunnies tend to procreate at a rapid manner, and and, mm-hmm. and and maybe I even read, I didn't realize this, that, that bunnies have their babies in the springtime. So that I was did, another kind of a, a connection. Like, they always say when you do the first like mow or two of the year that you got to be careful and not hit a, not hit a like a rabbit, a rabbit patch. Um, <laughs> and you know, at least on my social media, because I, I guess a lot of the guys that I follow are like a little bit younger, so there would be the ones to be mowing. <laughs> every once in a while you see like almost hit this little buddy and it's like a little baby rabbit in his hand you're like ah oh, well watch where you mow people yeah well i had a in when i was growing up we had some neighbors next door that had bunnies and they went on a trip one time and asked me to kind of keep an eye out for them mm. and i don't know if they didn't tell me or if i didn't realize it but one of them was pregnant and i went out there one day and there's you're supposed to separate the babies from the mom and be mm-hmm. in a box well there was babies everywhere and it was in a wire cage and it was just not a pleasant scene. Mm. I'm not sure how many of those survived, but I wasn't mm. trained in in uh, in in rabbit uh, obstetrics, <laughs> so I didn't do the very good job. Yikes. And then I have a very vivid memory. We had a cat named Charmin, and because uh, she was squeezably soft. So sorry about the the toilet paper reference. We're in the middle of COVID nineteen right now. Wow, that is, that's an incredible name for a cat. cat. Yeah, it was very. I mean, it was it was real. So anyway, so we're all dressed up getting in the car to go to church on Easter morning. And here comes Charmin trotting around the corner with a baby rabbit in her mouth. So like, well, so much for Easter. We've, yeah. we've killed the bunny. <laughs> this is just a random thought that just popped in my mind. But uh, when we were children in the Middle East, uh, we actually had rabbits. Yes. Uh, was there a connection to Easter with those rabbits, or did we just buy the rabbits because we wanted rabbits? There was no connection to Easter. In fact, the rabbits were purchased from a, uh, a rabbit dealer. Basically, they ate them. Uh, and, I mean, we eat rabbit too, but yeah. they were pretty much to eat. Okay. Uh, and I remember, well, but ours were named after food, right? We had Creamsicle, who was an orange and white rabbit, mm-hmm. Brownie, who was a brown one. And, and Blackberry. Blackberry, the black one. Because he was the black and white one, but he scratched me the first time I held him. So right. I called him the Blackberry because I thought blackberries had thorns. Thorns, well, like briars, yeah, kind of do. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know you knew that at that time, but anyway. I, I was a slightly smarter child than I think we all realized. So. Oh, and, and humble, too. Oh, so humble. Well, and then we have um, just a couple other random facts. Feasting, you know, we have the Easter dinner or whatever, and I never thought about it being a tradition other than just families getting together, but... Apparently, um, if you if you practice Lent and have been sacrificing something for forty days, then the the feasting at the end it's almost like Ramadan fasting and then the big 
eat at the end similar. I'm not saying that Lent and eat are the same thing, but um, there's yeah. definitely some similar similar characteristics. Yeah, and the most interesting thing I found the tradition wise, and I've never heard of this, never seen it, but in Florence, Italy, they have something called the explosion of the cart, and what they do is they fill a cart up with fireworks. Okay. And it goes through kind of a parade through the streets, mm-hmm. and it stops in the front. I forget the name of it, but in front of a cathedral there in Florence. And as part of the Easter Mass, or right after the Easter Mass is finished, then the priest lights a fuse, and they have a big fireworks show out of the cart. It just like Jesus rose from the dead. Because, you know, when he sure. came out, he lit up that firecrackers, and it was just a lot of blinding light and... Uh, Terrified. So that's why the soldiers were terrified because there if was a this fireworks. podcast ends abruptly. You know, lightning has struck. <laughs> so I want to go back a little bit to what we used to do, and then when we first started this podcast, is kind of look at numbers. Obviously, Easter is vital because it's Easter. We don't yeah. have to make you know make a case for that. But the numbers are quite interesting. And this is an older article, but it said in 2018, Americans estimated to have spent. billion on Easter. And that kind of comes out to 5.7 on food, 3.2 billion on clothes, 2.9 million or billion on gifts. And and that doesn't add up to 18. But um, there definitely is a tradition in the South that, you know, it's Sunday, Easter Sunday. Everybody's coming out with that new shirt, that new tie. If you're feeling lucky, that new seersucker suit. Like yeah. I can see that. How much you say? Three point two billion. Something like three point two billion. On There's clothes. a solid chance of probably like two billion of that is spent in the South alone, just with like all these churchgoers who only go on Easter and only go on Christmas. But you know, it's Easter Sunday. I gotta yeah. pull out something new. For me, if I have a new tie, I'm good. And even then, I'm probably just gonna pull out a tie I haven't worn in a while. In fact, wearing a tie would be the thing because I don't hardly ever. I was about to <laughs> wear say a tie to church we, anymore. We've, We've gotten more casual as we've gone. So, like, for me, I guess Easter now, like, Easter best would probably be khakis and a, a button-down at this point because right. started wearing jeans to church. I'm so sorry, here's Grant. some more numbers. Uh, Americans eat about 1.5 million peeps, and we'll talk a little bit more about peeps later, the marshmallow Ooh, chickadee. There's some good things you can do with a peep. Uh, and, and also, the peeps factory makes about 5.5 million a day. Now, I don't know if that's all year-round or if that's just... During don't the they Easter have season. like different seasonal peeps? They though? do have seasonal peeps now. Say, yeah. They probably they probably have they're probably going twenty four seven. Yeah, and then when it comes to Cadbury cream eggs, one point five million of those are made per day, per day. They're saying that five hundred million are made over the course of the year. Now we only see them at Easter over here, but I think in in areas maybe in England where Cadbury is more popular or more common, it's more. It's I more think of they a have the eggs thing. more more year round. I wouldn't be mad, though, if Cadbury eggs became a much more consistent item in grocery stores. Well, I don't don't know. I kind of like the seasonal aspect, but I understand. But I really do love some Cadbury eggs. So then uh, 16 million jelly beans during the holiday. Americans consume that. Uh, 59% of people eat the ears off the bunny first. That really means nothing to me. I I never really paid much attention. Did we ever really do? We never did chocolate bunnies, really. Not specifically, except when I was growing up, though. We had a big thing where, and I don't know how, we did this for several years, and my brother and I really enjoyed it, so we kind of maybe pushed it 
for a few more years than, than mom and daddy wanted to, but, um, they would do a scavenger hunt for us. So we would have, um, well, I don't know if you'd call this a scavenger hunt, but we would wake up to a note saying, go to this place. And you go to that place, there'd be another note, go to this place. And so after, uh, you know, it wasn't really like we had to answer a question or mm. figure out a clue. It was just, we had to go bouncing around the house. And at the end of the hunt, there would be a chocolate bunny. Mm. So we didn't do Easter real big as far as gifts wise. And that's probably why y'all didn't get anything either much except for a little basket full of candy. Um, but I would go to school the next day and my friends would say, Oh, what'd you get for Easter? I, and they would have clothes and they would have gifts and all this stuff. I'm like, uh, we do that at Christmas. Mm-hmm. What, y'all, what y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, I remember in high school, one of my friends got a brand new Eno hammock and straps. Good which, grief. Which is a solid like 80 bucks, if not a little bit more for Easter. And Sweet. I think I got a, I think I got two Reese's eggs that year or something like oh. that. Like, <laughs> there was definitely like a, a dichotomy going on there. But yeah. Well, let's, let's move on to the, the Reese's eggs part because that is a classic part of the Easter food. That is, in one of my opinions, the perfect Reese's because, I mean, the tree and the egg are pretty close because I think a tree is nothing more with an egg but with, like, some little extra dents added to it, which, you know, <laughs> it's okay. But it's just, like, the chocolate to peanut butter ratio is a lot better. And, actually, but there's also are two different eggs now compared to what there used to be. I think I, I read this number. I'm trying to find it. The Reese's egg actually has nine grams more of peanut butter than a, a standard size cup. Mm-hmm. So it is it is a little bit different ratio. It doesn't have the ridges. But here's what I found out about the, about the Reese's eggs. Uh, some of this is from Wikipedia and just random other stuff. Um, with all the holiday, with, well, with all the holiday Reese's, you'll note that there's like, you know, there's flowers and spring things on the egg wrapper. There's snow and Christmassy, wintry things on the tree wrapper, but never on any of the wrappers does it say Christmas, doesn't say Easter, doesn't say Halloween. It's just the Reese's pumpkin, the Reese's egg, the Reese's tree, and the packaging reflects the holiday, but the holidays are never mentioned. I never knew that. I've never noticed that. I've never thought about that. You just kind of assume because it comes out of the holiday. Yeah. And it is for the holiday, but they've been very... uh, careful about not necessarily mentioning a holiday and is that like a, a branding thing I, I don't or do you think it's just kind of a situation where they want you instead of you know making it obvious that this is christmas like they want you to like pumpkin reese's pumpkin halloween who knows i mean i think in our family that's how we see the seasons it's not yeah it's not halloween it's the pumpkin reese's is coming <laughs> out it's not Easter that Reese's egg is coming. Well, it's out. like the clue that it's coming. Yeah, and I, I looked this up because I thought it was. I, I didn't have any idea it was this old, but the first Reese's eggs were test marketed in 1966, and it was so popular in the test marketing that they couldn't keep up production. So in 1967, which was a very good year for a lot of things, including being born, mm. uh, the the Reese's eggs first came about. Uh, or first marketed nationwide, to put it that way. So, you were born the same year as the as Reese's the, egg. The birth of the nationwide Reese's egg. That's right. That's right. So, good things came out of 1967 in our family. Absolutely, and it was the only. It's the only holiday theme that has three chocolate varieties. Now, I've never seen this. So, obviously, you got your milk chocolate, mm-hmm. you got your white chocolate, but there's apparently a fudge 
like the chocolate is a fudge flavor. I have never laid eyes on that, but I sure would like to. If any listeners have ever seen this and want to send one to me, I would be happy to have it. Uh, apparently, there was a double the peanut butter egg at one point. And a lot of these are kind of put other places or maybe marketed in different regions. Um, but that's not the only thing Reese's does. They have the Reister Bunny. That's actually one of my favorites. I like the really big Reister Bunny. It has a good a good ratio. Um, let's see. Plus, they have the eggs that are kind of that same shape as a Cadbury egg. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Reese's egg traditional is kind of a flattened oval. Yeah. But they no. do have the other eggs. Yeah, and egg-shaped. I really like them. those. I like those, too. Uh, and then they have now with the, the chocolate shell with the Reese's Pieces inside. I I tried those. It's it's a weird experience. It's not bad. It's just the chocolate is super hard. Yeah, it's it doesn't doesn't match up with the other eggs for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So you got uh, yeah the the egg has the second most peanut butter per piece. I guess as far as the ratio, well maybe just the amount of peanut butter per piece. Uh, the biggest one is the heart has apparently more peanut butter. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, neither did I till today. But in my quick. 13 seconds worth of research. Something tells me that you can no longer get the fudge peanut butter eggs because, because there is an article um, on sparkpeople.com. I don't know what that is. It um, looks like a blog site-ish. And her, this woman wrote about it in 2008. So something tells me that if the most recent article, like the top article that pops up, is from 2008, yeah, there's probably, probably so. a solid chance that you can't. And after that, it's just straight up uh, recipes. So that could be something what, tells me that you can't get it anymore. A couple of other quick things about the egg, and then we can move on. Is I was reading one article. It was just a kind of an opinion article, and I I agree with this guy. What he said was there's something mis- sort of mystique with the eggs and trees because when you first see an egg, or when I first see an egg in the store in the season, I'm gonna grab it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm definitely not gonna leave that behind. Yeah. But if I just see a Reese's cup in the checkout line, mm-hmm. I, I'm not tempted by that. I mean, I love them, but I'm not yeah. tempted by that. But if I see an egg or a tree or something, I'm, I'm definitely going to grab one at the first of the season. I may not grab one every time I go, but I'm definitely going to grab one. Mm-hmm. And then it's also the last seasonal, uh, it was the first egg to come out, or first seasonal Reese's to come out, but it's also the last one before the fall. So there's a gap here between Easter and Halloween. When there are no specials. May I make a recommendation that they should bring out like a pale version, sand pale version of the Reese's. For to the fit, summer? Yeah, to fit that gap. Okay. Or something. something, Or a lunchbox some, for Labor Day. Yeah, something or, like that. Just uh, something to fill up that spot because that's a long time to wait big for Big number four for the July 4th. Yeah. Something, yeah. A little a little firework. A little shape. firework. There we yeah. go. Yeah, to, to, well... I guess explosion of the cart would not be happening in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> but that's all right. Um, I was looking back because I haven't seen these in years. I I'm gonna explore this and see if I can order it because now we're ordering everything uh, from a vintage candy company. But I, I hadn't thought of this in so long. But as a child, we used to get something, and they were called marshmallow eggs. And when I looked it up, it's Brock's, you know, the famous Brock's candy yep. company, marshmallow eggs, and they're about gosh. Three or four inches long, maybe two or three inches long at least. They had kind of a, they have a, an egg shape, but it was a long oval mm-hmm. and kind of a, almost a crunchy, not a shatter crunchy, but almost a hard fondant kind of a texture okay. on the outside. Uh, and on the inside, it was kind of a white marshmallow-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a marshmallow, but, yeah. 
but they called it a marshmallow egg. Now you see marshmallow eggs now. Russell Stover will have a chocolate egg with marshmallow in it, and you see that kind of stuff. You'll see chocolate-covered marshmallow bunnies. But this was a different. It was kind of a stiffer texture inside, and I just loved those. Now you would, it was just straight sugar, and you would get, you know, a sugar coma in a hurry mm-hmm. from eating two or three of them. But there was something that kind of had a gritty, like when you chewed it, it almost had like a little gritty texture for a little bit. Um, so the Brock's Marshmallows, that's definitely my favorite from from years past. You can get one pack, which is, I don't know, seven ounces for $7 with prime shipping oh, on well, Amazon. That's just a dollar each. I'm going to have to get some of those. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as other eating traditions, I, I know our family really doesn't have a big... Easter dinner tradition. We usually will have a ham, but it's not like important. Mm-hmm. I kind of like to do brunch when I have a choice to do it. I like brunch food anyway. Mm-hmm. But you know, we really don't have a a big tradition. But I did read that you know a lot of people have lamb, and that could be related to Passover. the whole thing about Passover and the ham. I think the folks at home can uh, correct me on this if I missed it because I should know this with food. But what I read was the pigs would be slaughtered in the fall. And then, like, the hams and things like that would be hung and smoked mm-hmm. and cured. And so, by spring, they would be ready. So, about about Easter time, your ham would be ready to eat okay. after being slaughtered in the fall. So, that that may be one little connection to the uh, to, to having the ham at, at, at Easter. That makes sense. All right, people, you know what those drum beats mean. It's time for our favorites. So, Dad, what's your favorite for this week? My favorite for this week is a book by Tommy Tomlinson. And if you're listening to this and you're from Starville, it's not that Tommy Tomlinson. It's another Tommy Tomlinson. Uh, This Tommy Tomlinson was a a reporter for the Charlotte Observer uh, for many years. And um, he wrote a book. I met him recently or in the last few months back at the Southern Foodways Alliance Symposium. Uh, He wrote a book called The Elephant in the Room. Subtitled, One Fat Man's Quest to Get Smaller in a Growing America. And I, I was just really impressed by this book. And I had not met Tommy till you know, till the fall, had heard of him. He's got another podcast called Southbound, which I've listened to before and I may have mentioned on here before. Um, but it's just, it's a very raw book. And it's got some little, little edgy parts, I would say. Uh, this is not something that your Sunday school class is going to study. Mm-hmm. But it really gets to the heart of what we're doing to ourselves in America with the obesity epidemic and, and all that kind of stuff. And he kind of just walks through his, his journey. And I mean, it's not a journey of, you know, losing 200 pounds in a, in six months or anything like that. It's a very gradual thing, which is kind of a smart, a smart idea, but well-written, uh, very personal. He gets real vulnerable. Um, so if you're interested in that sort of subject and just, I mean, he's just a great writer, um, and, and a good podcaster as well. So The Elephant in the Room by Tommy Tomlinson. Grab that if you can. Uh, so my flavor for this week is going to be something that will probably kill brain cells compared to gain them. Uh, but I'm going to recommend a TV show. Uh, so I've been watching uh, Star Wars Rebels on Disney+. And it's a show that came out, uh, gosh, I don't know if it was on Cartoon Network. But basically it's one of those Star Wars animated shows. Pretty good. Um, it happens in the, the time kind of in between episode three and episode four. 
kind of like that little that little range okay. just telling about a jedi his pad one and like some rebels that they're a part of part of the same rebel alliance uh pretty good calls back to the originals calls back to stuff and that stuff so. is this animated or yeah it's animated it's like okay. 3d animation so what, it's, what streaming service is it on uh, disney plus okay sorry so <laughs> yeah so that's my recommendation for this week pretty fun four seasons 15 episodes per season so okay enough to watch for a little while all right well let me just kind of close this out i did see one more thing that i had never seen before about easter so we'll close with this fact that pretzels once upon a time were associated with easter the crossing of the pretzel pieces having something to do with prayer so Ah. i've got some pretzels from our friends at proof bakery uh, over in the kitchen so we're going to close this one I out enjoyed one earlier today and go go have a pretzel so we want to thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed this podcast and think others might enjoy it too please share it please give us a rating and review on apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may have found this and they are legion you can find us on the worldwide interweb at vital vital pod on instagram and twitter vittles and vitals podcast on facebook and we'd love to hear from you if you have an idea of a subject you'd like to hear us cover Shoot us a DM and remember, if it's vital, look for the vittles.